So my name is Joanne Kaminsky. I've been a classroom teacher since 2000, and I quickly rose up the ranks in the teaching world. Hello, and welcome to Obehi Podcast. I'm your host, Obehi Ewanfo, and I strongly believe that everyone has a story to share. Now let's get started with this episode. I became a reading curriculum coordinator. I trained teachers all over the country for the reading program that we taught. And I ended up leaving the classroom because of the politics and everything that was going on inside of the school system. And I was looking for something where I would be able to teach from home and be able to still be present with my own kids. And so I started this entire journey of really becoming an entrepreneur and trying to figure out my way through that whole process and what that looked like. And I actually failed at five businesses before I ended up really landing on online tutoring as my my go-to stream of income. And uh, from there, I after I became successful, I booked all of my hours um, in the first two years. I ended up continuing to teach other tutors how to start their own online tutor uh, program online. And today, I are able to continue to grow their business and make phenomenal uh, growth very, very quickly in their tutoring business compared to kind of getting started alone and not having other people to kind of reach out to. Oh, wow, that's interesting. That's a fascinating story. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the sharing. Uh, yeah, do you want to tell me a, a bit of, about your background, the sense of uh, wh where were you born and where did you grow up? Because here we are really much interested in the story of people, your background. Yeah, yeah, yeah because we believe that we have a lot to learn from each other. Yeah, so I was actually born in um, Auburn, Massachusetts. So it's about a half an hour away from Boston for those people that, that don't know. Um, and I grew up in a family that was, uh, we didn't have a lot. You know, it was very, we had low income. Um, both my parents needed to work in order to be able to take care of us. And um, really, I was kind of left with my brother to kind of raise me because my parents were both always working to try to make enough money to to be able to raise us. And I even remember as like a, a, a really young child, um, just always this fear around money that they had because um, there was there was such a lack of it inside of our lives and um, and really just the 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 kind of of pain and sorrow that it caused for them in their lives and it led to health issues for them as well it led to um, uh, manic depression um, one of my parents actually committed suicide. Uh, because of this whole entire like lack of that fear of not being able to provide so sorry for about their that. family. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, I got to see, but you know, at the same time, it was also a blessing to see that our time here is limited. Right. And we really need to make the most of the time that we have and to spend your time like sitting in fear and worry and anxiety is not the life that we want to have, right? Like there's so much more out there and that we have so much control over the things that we do and the choices that we make. We can either let life make the decisions for us or we can take the bull by the reins and we can say, hey, this is what I'm looking for. This is what excites me. This is how I can help people. This is how I can add value. And we can wake up with complete joy and satisfaction every single day. Yeah, you are right. You're right about that. And that takes us to maybe the kind of education that that we even get because now we are many people are just in the bubble, no? Nobody yeah. try to really go down to the to the fundamentals, to the thing that are really that really matters in life. Uh, yeah, I know a lot of things do matter, but uh, there are some essential things that that you really need to focus on instead of just remaining in the bubble and try to concentrate on things that might not necessarily be the routine at the end of the day. Yeah. So I don't know if uh, education have a role to play here because, of course, you are coming from that background. I actually had a fear of education. I remember my dad um, and my brother 
uh, both had to stay back in fourth grade. And I had a fear of fourth grade. <laughs> so I made sure that I was glued to the books so that I could do the best that I could. I struggled with reading uh, growing up and nobody knew that I had really a problem with reading. Um, I was able to kind of hide it. I got a little bit of help as soon as I got into like sixth grade with my own reading. And um, the teacher ended up talking to my mom and she said, hey, you know, she's really struggling with reading. You know, why don't you sit down with her each night and read with her? And it was the most incredible experience I had ever had because my parents had never sat down and read with me before. And so my mom sat down, we read this book, it was called Anna Green Gables, and I would read a page and she would read a page. And all of a sudden, for the very first time in my life, I saw like the story coming alive inside of my head, like a mind movie. And from there, I just continued to get better and better and better as a reader. And I went off to um, my high school journey and I ended up taking this uh, it was kind of like a version of the online course that we have today, but it was um, it was a a videotaped course, and it was called "Where There's a Will, There's an A." And I saw this infomercial, and I was like, "Mom, mom, this is going to teach me how to study better, and I want to know how to study better." And she was like, "Okay," and she ended up buying this for me, and I was so excited that I went through the entire program from beginning to end and I applied it to my my high school studies and I ended up graduating 10th in my class because of it and I was shocked because I never really saw myself as somebody who was smart I saw myself as somebody who always struggled I didn't know how smart I really was um, I went off to college and ended up getting my um, graduated with my teaching license and I ended up going back to college again to get my master's to teach reading because when I was teaching in the school system, I was in a third grade classroom and only 30% of my kids could read on grade level. And it just motivated me. I'm like, why do kids struggle so much? I remember I struggled with reading. I remember that, you know, I, I, I don't really know how I got better at reading. I know that my mom sat down with me just like the teacher told her to, those kinds of things, but I don't really remember how I got better. So I wanted to know absolutely everything that I could possibly know about getting better at really teaching reading so that kids like this didn't have to struggle. I knew that there were answers out there and I wanted to become the best reading teacher possibly out there so that these kids didn't have to struggle like I did. And I just think that was, I just had this burning desire to really make a difference for, for these kids. And so I read every single book. I went to school. I didn't just like rely on the information uh, my school was giving me. I continued to also do my own independent reading and research. And um, I watched countless classrooms to see what worked and what didn't work so that I could really get a good hone in how can I make a difference with these kids. Thank you so much for that. You know, working with, with kids, it appeared as um, it's actually the best thing that we can ever do because we are shaping the mind uh, of the people who are going to be the, who are going to be the generation after us. Which yeah. means if, if we do it right, there will be a better world. If we do it wrong, this world is going to be worse than it is today. So yeah. it's a big job. And it's, yeah. um, it's a noble job too. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Now, in terms of um, shaping your personality, shaping who you are, because today, of course, just now we'll be talking about what you do today. Because I think you are still teaching. Because now yeah. you are teaching online rather than maybe teaching in the classroom. Anyway, we are coming to that just now. I'm still trying to understand now what helped to shape your personality when you were growing up uh, in your city, what do you see around you that sort of helped to form uh, who you eventually become today? You know, I I saw a lot of, like, when I was younger, I was one of those kids that got made fun of a lot. And it was really heartbreaking, you know, to go through that. And my parents were really struggling with their own kind of mental health at that time. So it wasn't like I could necessarily 
approached them about things that were going on with me and how I was feeling and how school was going for me and all the teasing that was happening. And so I just kept it inside because I didn't want to cause them any additional pain. And I never really got any help for that until I actually um, ended up developing a, um, I ended up developing an addiction. And it was through that addiction when I finally started to seek help. Uh, I also needed to deal with the fact that my dad had committed suicide. And so I really needed to get help for the pain that I had never, ever dealt with before. And so I find that addiction actually to be the biggest blessing in my entire life because it led me to finally get the help that I needed. I sought out people that could help me walk through what was going on. Um, I decided to also get, you know, a therapist to kind of walk through, you know, that past trauma that I had experienced. And I learned skills that I had never had before. And it was where I really finally got to discover who I wanted to be in this world. And I started to dream again. I, I stopped dreaming. When I got stuck in my addiction, I stopped dreaming. I stopped thinking about the future. I was constantly stuck in the past and all the terrible things that happened to me. And I also couldn't realize like while I was in it, why I was so unhappy. I was so unhappy and I felt like I had done all the right things. I, I led this life that everybody told me I had to, to lead. I had gotten good grades. I went to school. I got, you know, I graduated from college. I got the job. I had the, the husband. I had the family. I had an amazing house. Why was I so unhappy? It didn't make sense. I felt like I had followed that formula that everybody had told me that I needed to follow, yet I was completely unhappy. And that addiction started to help me realize how I could take control of my actions and my responses to what happens to me. And it really shaped who I am today. And it really motivated me to want to help people that were like me, that felt like they followed that entire formula, but they were so, you know, disappointed by what life had to offer. And I think it's because a lot of people, they're not taught to dream big. We're taught to just accept what, what comes in life, be happy with what you have. And when we get, let's just be happy with what we have, we we just kind of accept everything that happens to us versus realizing that we have responsibility to take control of anything in our lives. We, we can control our emotions. We have control over how we respond to other people that maybe are not making us feel comfortable or are upsetting us in some way. There are appropriate ways to communicate with people. And today, like, I never look at other people and expect, oh, well, this is the way you should have reacted or this is the way you should have responded. Instead, it's how can I respond in this situation that is going to make me feel better after we leave the situation? And I don't have to be mean to other people. I can speak with kindness and love and acceptance. And I think that's something that I try to apply in everything. I try to be my authentic self today and who I want to be so that other people can start to feel free to be who they are and the best version of themselves as well. All right. I'm not going to go um, deeper into the, the, addic the addiction, but I, I'm interested in the exit when you, were, when you were coming out of it, because I think people need to know more about that or how to deal with it. But what yeah. I want to go uh, deeper in it is because so that we'll be able to have time to deal with the thing that is most important today, which is your training uh, classes. Uh, but because you did make mention of it, I wanted to help me understand, uh, were you the one that called for help or somebody saw that you were going through uh, this trouble and the person called for help? At what point did this help come? And tell us a little bit how you eventually get out of it. Uh, yeah, yeah, please. You know, I just, I woke up one day and I, I just felt myself in this repeating pattern and my, my call for help actually was to God, to God himself. And I just said, God, 
I need guidance. I don't know what to do. And he he led me to find the group that helped me overcome everything. And as soon as I got to that group, they said, you need to find a sponsor. And I was like, oh, great. What's a sponsor? And a sponsor is somebody who has been through the same addiction as you. And they've walked through the same path. And they can guide you through as you're dealing with things in real time. They can give you that help and that guidance. Um, I also learned to replace my addiction with healthy habits, right? Like if I feel like I I want to, you know, go back and slide, instead I can go to a meeting, I can call my sponsor, I can um, do something healthy, I can pick up a book and I can read, I can um, go for a walk, I can exercise, right? There's things that I can do to replace that immediate need that was being filled by my addiction. And by having those people in my life, I began to develop friends that also were going through the same thing that I was going through, but they were on that road to recovery. And I could reach out to them as well at any point in time. And I really started to begin to feel that sense of belonging and community with a group of people that were trying to live their life on the right side of the street. And I think that was just the most incredible opportunity for me to see, oh, I can do these really fun things without my addiction overcoming me uh, throughout this entire process. We're happy that you managed to recover from me because you're here, uh, you are sharing the story. That is, that is a good thing. That, is a, that yeah. is a good thing at the end of the day. All right, now let's talk about your online tutoring uh, because you are a, an online tutor uh, coach. Uh, can you tell yes. us how that started? Yeah, so I actually ended up, um, I ended up with a pain in my side that kicked me out of the school system. I was in and out of the hospital and I was just kind of like, I, I took a three-month leave of absence and I ended up coming back to work and I sat down in my chair and I was, I was kind of downtrodden at that moment. And I remember hearing this voice and the voice said, you are not meant to be here. And I was, I was broken at that point. Cause I was like, well, if I'm not meant to be here, where am I meant to be? I don't get it. Right. Because I had spent my whole life trying to want to know everything I could to help kids learn how to read. And so if I'm not a reading specialist, who am I? And I had to kind of go through this self-discovery of um, walking through many different entrepreneurial positions working from home that kind of led me down all these different roads. And a whole year trying to discover, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? How am I going to make a difference in the world? How can I help other people? I, I realized my real passion is teaching reading. And so all of a sudden I was like, wait, I can use Skype because I had learned how to use Skype through those other businesses. And this is back in 2010. I'm like, I can use Skype to do what I love and I can teach kids how to read. I didn't know how to get clients or really market myself, but you know, I could do that. So I first started off looking for other tutoring companies that I could work for. Those tutoring companies were only willing to pay me $15 or $20 an hour. And in U.S. money, that is really, really low uh, to be making when you have a master's degree specifically in reading. And so I decided, you know what? The only difference between these other companies and myself is that they know how to market myself and market me, and I don't. But if I learn how to market myself then I won't need them. And so that's what I began doing. I started learning how to market myself. I took some of the information from the companies that I had failed at. I used that information to get my first few clients. And I just continued to grow on my own marketing skills so that I could get better at getting myself out there. Because I already knew I knew how to teach really well. I knew how to, to teach reading. I just didn't know how to, to get those clients. And through this entire journey, I was also going through a lot of personal growth and development, right? I was, I was reading every single book that I possibly could about 
you know, how to reach these goals, how to become the person that I wanted to become, how to overcome some of the the weaknesses that I had. And I was reading every single book. I love to read. So I was reading every single book that I could possibly get my hands on so that I could grow as a person. I could change my mindset, but at the same time, I could develop my business as well. And um, after two years, I had broken through. I had learned a lot of the things that I needed to learn. And I knew that I could start also helping other tutors that were in a position like me. Because back in 2010, there were not a lot of people that were doing online tutoring. And so I had this wonderful opportunity to kind of start at the beginning and be like, you know what, I can support others who want to really get started with doing online tutoring and get some really great results with their students and, you know, be able to make an income from home doing what they love, um, not have to worry about the school system anymore and the politics and all of that kind of stuff. They can be their own professional freelance tutor. And um, so today I still teach reading online because I love it. It's a passion of mine. Um, I would have a very hard time saying no to kids that need help in reading. Um, I do work about 10 to 15 hours with those students. And then the rest of the time today, I spend on uh, helping other tutors be able to develop their their program and and be able to make that that income that a lot of times they're making more of an income tutoring online one on one than they did in the classroom teaching a kids of 30 kids in the classroom. So it's a really incredible mix. A lot of times people think that, you know, becoming a tutor is kind of like a less than position, like, oh, you're just a tutor. Uh, but I actually make today four times more than what I made as a classroom teacher. That's perfect. That's interesting. I, I like what you said before when you were uh, explaining just now that when you were offered uh, uh, $20 an hour, you realized something that the only difference between you and those who are going to pay you this $20 for the same work you are going to do anyway, because you know how to do it, is just the marketing. Because they know how to market you more than you know how to market yourself. And of course, mm -hmm. you have to learn how to market yourself and then you get a business for yourself where you can then decide to place the amount you want to place on, on your service. That yeah. is very important. I find it very, very fascinating. Now, yeah. do you want to tell us how should um, an online tutor market his or herself? Help us understand that. Share your experiences with us. Yeah. So I... I started off making these mistakes and every single tutor I run into starts off this way as well. When we start thinking about our online tutoring business, we think, oh, I need business cards. I need a logo. <laughs> I need all of these things so that I can really market myself. And neither of these things do you need. So a lot of tutors, when they start, they create this logo and then they put that logo as their profile picture online, which makes them look like a very large business instead of a professional freelance tutor. What parents love about hiring you as a tutor is that they get to choose you. And so they need to get to know you as a person, as a human being, and not as a company. They want to see if you're going to be a right fit for their child. So we really have to get comfortable when we're online of putting our face out there because that humanizes who we are. And so getting a professional, um, getting professional business cards when you're online, think about it. It doesn't make sense. You're not doing a lot of in-person networking. So if I am talking to somebody in person, Here's what you can do instead. And this is so powerful. And what you can do is if you're having a conversation with somebody and they're like, oh my gosh, I have a child who's struggling with whatever it is that you tutor. And they're interested in taking that next step. Instead of saying, here's my business card and hoping they reach out to me. Instead, I can say, I'd really love to continue this conversation with you and set up a time for either a free consultation or a free assessment. Would you be willing to give me your email or your phone number so that we can, so I can follow up with you later tonight? They always say yes. 
They'll give you their information. And now you are in control. You don't have to worry about them losing that business card, not following up, not taking that next action. And it's going to lead you into the sale of that next client. And so that's really an important piece of it, right? Like being able to communicate with people and engage with people. It's not just about like, let me just like share and spam all of my information absolutely everywhere that I can. It's about be, this is a people business. So really being able to communicate with people is going to be really a huge piece of, of your marketing. And even online, when you're continuing to let people know what it is that you do, it's it's not about, hey, I, I have five spots that are open. Uh, make sure your child can secure a spot before they all fill out, right? Like, that's not what it's about at all. Instead, online, it's about what kinds of tips can I give parents that is going to be useful and then end with a call to action. What would their next step be if they were looking for additional help? How can I be useful? How can I be of service to people? When we lead with a service-based marketing strategy and a magnetic marketing strategy, you're going to attract the exact clients that you want. And they're not going to when they connect with you, their first question isn't always going to be, how much do you charge? Instead, they're going to be curious more about like how the tutoring works and, you know, what would this look like for their child? And so I always like to, when I'm having that conversation, now that I have attracted them, right, I've, I've brought them into kind of like my funnel, I now can engage with them and have a conversation. They've already had the opportunity, most likely, if they've gotten onto a live like Zoom call with me, they've already had the opportunity to research me. So they may have already found at my LinkedIn page where I share my history, my background, my experiences. They've probably at this point found my website. They've probably done a Google search on Joanne Kaminsky, Reading Tutor, right? They've done all of these things. So they know all about you. So the conversation that you have once they come into your funnel isn't all about you. It is all about that child. So instead, you begin asking questions about the child. Tell me more about what your child is struggling with. And when the parent is done answering, follow it up with another question. Don't follow it up with airspace because what's going to happen is that parent is going to ask the only question they know. And the only question that they know is, how much do you charge? And you're not ready for that conversation until the very end of your um, call with them. So get curious, find out like, has your child ever had any other interventions before? Have they worked with other tutors? Um, how is that child feeling about that class? Why are they feeling that way? Um, what have the teachers done to be able to help them? What are some things that you've noticed at home? If your child is, um, if you were able to wave like a magic wand over your child, and they were able to accomplish one thing, what would that look like for them? Really get them thinking about what is the result that they are looking for, and then ask them, are you ready to get started? And that is the point where if they're going to ask how much you charge, it's the appropriate time, because you've gotten an opportunity to learn everything about their child and really know if this is going to be a good fit. And you've had that opportunity to say, okay, fantastic. I love that you're looking to have him read faster. This is something that a lot of kids need to be able to do because they are engaged in so much reading every single day. So if they can read faster, they can get through their content faster, which leaves them a little bit more time to be able to relax, you know, after school and not constantly having to do homework. Um, so this is one of the strategies that I work on with kids as well. So I'm excited to be able to help your child achieve that result. And I would already have the data there for myself. I would be looking at that data and I would say, okay, I already can see that your child is reading at 70 words per minute. The goal for a child your age is about 150 words per minute. So we need to double their rate of speed so that they can uh, reach the goal that it is that you're looking for. And so I already have data that kind of backs up what it is that I want to say. 
I've listened to the parents. I'm empathetic to what it is that they're saying. And now I ask them, are you ready to get started? They say, yes. I let them know, great. And I schedule their recurring time for each week on my calendar. We come up with a time that works and we begin working together. And it's, you know, today it's a simple process, but it it's taken me about five years to really kind of develop this so that I can do it. But it's it's amazing. Every time I work with a new tutor, they they all are making the exact same mistakes that I made in the beginning and all the other tutors that I see are making. And when they start working with me, they're like, oh my gosh, I wish I found you sooner so that I didn't make all the same mistakes or I didn't make any of these mistakes. And I, I think that's, we have to give ourselves grace about where we're at when we're there and then also be able to be willing to learn from the people that came before us so that we can get the results that we want to be able to get. Now, Joanne, I have a kind of a curiosity. Is it possible that uh, all of us in the online business, that uh, not only in the online business, but even in the face-to-face business that you might have a kind of a physical location, that you have your office and things like that, that we all need to go through the learning process uh, so that it is not, it is not that you have gone to a certain school or you are going to a certain training program, uh, then you just start business after that, then you just learn how to do it perfectly. Is it, is that, is it a, a, a normal routine that all of us need to go through this learning process where we make our mistake and then from our mistake learn to do things correctly? Can you help me with that? Yes. Yes and no. I think, yes, we have to learn from our mistakes, right? I think some people don't know how to necessarily learn from mistakes. And so they keep repeating the same mistakes over and over again because they don't know how to improve it. And I think just like tutoring, if my students keep reading a certain way, they keep skipping over the punctuation. If they keep reading on their own, they're going to keep skipping over the punctuation. They need somebody to say, okay, I'm seeing what you're doing. Let's try to fix this, right? So when we see a comma, we stop once. When we see a period, we stop twice. And it's very similar to what we need to do as well. So if I continue to make the same mistakes, but I don't learn from them, that is not going to help me build my business faster. So sometimes having a coach who can see exactly what's happening, who knows what it should look like, they can give you that advice so that you don't have to keep making the same mistakes. And I'd say I continued to get education as I was growing my business, but it was a different kind of education. This time I got to choose what I wanted to learn, who I wanted to learn it from specifically versus going to a university where they tell me who will be the teacher and what they will teach me. Right now I get to decide who do I want to learn from? Who's getting results? Who's getting results that I want to be able to get inside of my business? And do I trust them, right? Do I trust that they can lead me and guide me into this next stage? There's always something you need to learn next. And this is what I love uh, I love about today is today, nobody gets to tell me what I'm going to learn next. I get to say, what do I need to learn next so I can take my business to the next level? And who can help me get there in the fastest amount of time? And I think this is so, so critical because I didn't learn how to have these sales conversations by just trial and error, right? Like, well, let's see if they move forward if I say this. Let's see if they move forward if I do this. I actually attended a $20,000 training where I needed to travel to uh, San Diego six times throughout the year. I sat down and I learned how to have sales conversations that convert. And when I learned that process, I started thinking, how can I apply this to my specific business that I have? And how can I make this work? And then I began thinking, how can I lead other tutors into how to have these powerful sales conversations so they can get more of their clients saying yes 
instead of trying to price chop them and say, well, I can't afford that. Would you be willing to take this? Right. How can they feel like they've gotten value from that conversation so much that they know that you're going to be the one that's going to help their child take it to the next level and get the results that you're, you're saying that you can get. And so it's amazing once tutors actually learn how to have these conversations the right way, how it changes everything from for them. Uh, because in the beginning, they just think, oh, I need to share everything about me. So they move forward with me. And it's not about me. It's about the person you're serving. It's about you learning everything you can about them. And you may find they're not the right client for you. Um, I have had one client who came to, um, the, she actually came to my house for an assessment with her son. And I, I've prided myself in being able to teach any kid to read. I have now changed it to as long as I can understand your child when they speak, I can help your child learn how to read because he came to the house and I couldn't understand anything that came out of his mouth. I couldn't understand. And when I asked him comprehension questions, he, he gave me the same answer. He said, I love Jesus. Every single comprehension question, like, what was the name of the main character? And he's like, I love Jesus. It was like the only thing I could actually understand out of his mouth. <laughs> Everything else sounded garbly and I couldn't understand him. So I just looked at mom and I said, when he speaks, I can't understand him and I can't help him. So that was not going to be a good client for me. I'm not going to try to convince his mom to move forward with me. I can't help our child if I can't understand what he's saying. And you know, I felt bad that I wasn't able to help her, but it, it was way better for me to be just completely honest with that parent versus trying to take them down a path that was going to be very costly for them and, and not lead into results that would have made her excited about the investment. It's very interesting. It's also about honesty and value because yeah. you need to be honest to your, to your client. Because of course, at the end of the day, everybody cannot be your client. And uh, when you accept that, I think that is when you really get the real client because you need the real client, not just everybody. Right, right. All right. Uh, now, uh, your clients, are they online or physical? Do you use a physical uh, space to gather them so that you can meet them physically or do you interact with them physically even during your training? Can you help me with that? Yes. So everything I do today is in is online. So I work with clients from all over the world. I work with students from all over the world and I work with tutors from all over the world. And it's absolutely incredible. I can be wherever I want to be. Like I can be, you know, up on vacation up north or visiting another country or state and I can still have my business coming with me. I never have to worry that oh I can't do this or I can't do that because of my business. I can do, I can be wherever I want to be, teach from wherever I want to be able to teach and still be able to bring in the income I want to be able to bring on in. That's super. That is the best thing um, about the time that we are living in. <laughs> yes. I say it quite often, is this is the best time to be alive. Imagine yes. the possibility that is, that is around. Of course, many people don't understand how it works. So yes, uh, it's still challenging for a lot of people even though uh, you can actually, uh, from where you are, connect to the entire world. Look at, for example, the podcast that I'm doing. Uh, without the internet, how could I talk to you? Right. You are somewhere away in the United States. I am in Italy. Yeah. How could we have this conversation? Right. The only option was either you come here or I go there. Now, count the cost of that. It means that we will never have be able to talk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we right. used to have this thing yeah, like yeah, calling and we used to have this thing called long distance calling and it was expensive, right? And and today technology has made all of this possible for us to be able to connect with people from all over the world and and think about the impact that has on on a business that's online as well, right? A potential client of yours. That's why we need to narrow it down and figure out where do I want my expertise to be? So that I can now take my marketing and I can get very clear and specific on who I want to help and how I can serve them. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
And that point me to uh, what I was thinking before when I was doing that explanation, in that the newbie, the people that are just coming in, because uh, in our podcast, for example, we concentrate on storytelling, but also of content creation. And what I found of among the people that are following us from different places, because of Sisters Online, people are joining in from different parts of the world that listens to, to the podcast. Uh, many of them are newbie, they are newcomers, so into the market, so they don't yet know all the all the rules of the game, what to do, how to actually approach the situation. So for people like that that are coming in, what do you think they should know about online um, online tutorial, for example? If they, maybe they are creating courses online, what do you think they should know? I think the first thing is that you you really, when you are creating your your content or you're creating your courses or you're creating your service it is for people it's for someone and we need to get specific and clear on who is that someone and where can i find them online where are they hanging out because i need to begin to engage with them in a personal way so that they're going to want to move forward eventually with what it is that I'm doing. And so I also have have created like a ton of of courses as well and and courses are a fantastic way for tutors to be able to make supplemental income so that they don't always have to trade their time for money. While we love working with our students, we do only have a certain amount of time available to tutor students. At some point, you run out of time. So beginning to really connect and build an audience over time is going to help you have something to sell easily to people who have already begun to get to know you. So we do have to get comfortable uh, on social media. And I run into a lot of tutors who are like, yeah, I don't do that social media thing. I'm like, well, don't think about doing that social media thing for people that you know necessarily. Think about doing that social media thing for your business, right? But to engage with people, not to just spam your services to people. Because nobody likes to be spammed, right? Like nobody likes to go into their inbox. That's why there's an entire spam box, right? And you look in that spam box, you're like, holy cow, like, thank goodness I don't have to see that every single day because my Gmail like filters it out, right? Because nobody enjoys it. Everybody hates it. It has an icky feeling. You don't want people feeling like that about you and the services that you have to offer. So you want to engage with them in an authentic manner. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, but I was also thinking, um, how do you how do you engage with people? Is it like maybe you do a webinar? Because, okay, I understand now that you are dealing with people that are coming from different parts of the world uh, while you are uh, somewhere there in one city. And this is actually, I repeat again, is the best thing of this time. But how do you do it? You do live programs with them or you do a kind of a training program that you make available for them to assess. Can you say anything about that? Yeah, so I do live and I have a hybrid model with a lot of the programs that I have created where it is there's a a, a video version of the program and there's um like a live call that they get with me. There's a live call that they get with the coaches so they can really be led step by step to help guide them exactly where they're at and help them reach their their specific goals. I have some programs that I've created where it's just uh, video content that they get to, to follow. But I do find that people get better results when they have accountability. So connecting them with another person, whether it's an accountability partner or a coach that can help guide them because we can take a look at these video courses, right? And we can kind of watch all of the stuff that's in the video course, but we can completely implement it incorrectly. And we don't know because we don't have anybody guiding us or telling us, right? So I do like a hybrid model. I do have some courses that they are very simple or simplistic and people could follow them, you know, step by step and be able to follow that process. And other things just take a little bit more time uh, to learn. So then I have that that hybrid model uh, available for them to to make it possible um, with their 
you know, take their tutoring business to that next level? Uh-huh. I think one thing that a lot of people uh, deal with, okay, this is something that I also find here among uh, some, of our, um, some of our audience here. Uh, it's about the marketing of their online trading program. And of mm. course, you did touch it uh, before, but I want you to uh, reinforce those lines again. How, yeah. What do you think they should do? Those that are creating maybe program for the first time, how should they go about the marketing? Because if you don't market it, nobody's going to know that you even have those things. Exactly. There. Yeah. You want to start thinking about where are your strengths. Start with what you're already good at. For me, that was video. I shined in video. So YouTube was my go-to spot where I would be building my audience because I could invite people to come onto a live stream. I could uh, create individual videos that they could begin watching that led them to a next step to take action that I wanted them to take. I can create, um, I can create an email list, right? Um, I have to think about if I'm really strong with writing, then blogging might be the place where I start. If I hate my face being on camera, but I feel pretty confident in talking, then podcasting might be the place where I start off. So you really want to think about where do you shine? Some people are really good at visually telling stories with images using Canva. And then Instagram begins to be like their number one platform because they can share these um, incredible, you know, like images that kind of lead people into the next call to action and grow their audience then on Instagram. So you want to start thinking about how can I build my audience? Where are my strengths? Where should I start? Right. And then how can I dive deeper into learning everything that I possibly can? We are graced with the awesome opportunity to turn on YouTube and learn how, uh, how do people do that? Or I can open on up and read blog posts about how do I get better at blogging? And then I can join a course that's going to help me uh, get better at that specific thing, right? So I can just get started and grow my audience. And then I can start thinking about, okay, what do I need to improve so I can get better at that? Find books, find uh, different podcasts, find YouTube videos that will help you take control of your own learning so that you can get better at that one skill. You don't necessarily need to start in all of those places, right? I don't need to be on YouTube and uh, Instagram and podcasting all out in the beginning because what's going to happen is I'm not going to get good at any of those things. And I'm going to be left disappointed when I have crickets and nobody responding to any of my stuff. So really start engaging and growing an audience on a platform that you feel most confident with. Blogging, podcasting, or video. Find out, figure out what would your strength be and begin building and growing your audience from that platform. Thank you so much for that. That is yeah. very, it's vital. That is very vital. <laughs> yes. All right. Another thing, I, I think it is important in the online uh, business environment, it, it, it is important now, I think it's has been important even in the past, is uh, uh, limited belief that sometimes some people have, even though they are there online, so they don't really, they, they, have, they, they have some kind of um, self-defeating mindset against themselves so this way they, they manage they don't manage to to excel so because you are a coach you are an online coach i don't know if it is something you do see sometimes that people complain about or maybe sometimes they don't even know that they have it can you share anything with us yeah. on that all the time we have most of the thoughts inside of our head 80 percent of the thoughts in our head are negative if we don't learn how to turn those thoughts around they will control us and lead us into depression and anxiety. And so that is exactly what I deal with 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 my the clients who find me when it comes to online tutoring. They don't know that these thoughts exist and how they are holding them back. They think the only thing they need to learn is how to get students. Now, if I led with did you realize that 80% of the thoughts in your head are negative and you'll never be successful because of them and you need to learn how to turn them around? People would be like, oh, that's bogus and not really understand <laughs> <true>. it <laughs> and, and never move forward with me. So I always start with like, hey, I'm going to teach you how to be able to get clients. And then throughout my entire program, I have embedded 
this whole thought process, imposter syndrome, right? Every single tutor has imposter syndrome. I'm not sure if I can close the gap as quickly as other tutors can. Other tutors have more experience than I do. I'm too old to really get started in doing this. Like all of these negative thoughts will hold you back if you don't deal with them appropriately, right? And so I help them learn, how can I turn that thought around so that it serves me in my business and doesn't hold me back. Because I, one of the biggest things I hear people say is people don't want to pay a lot of money for kids that are young for tutoring. They, they'll do it for the older kids, but they won't do it for the younger kids. And I'm like, but that's not true. I'm making $100 an hour teaching kids who are four years old how to read. So how how can it be that I can charge that, but nobody is willing to pay that? That doesn't make sense. So we have to change that around too. I need to learn how to market. I am learning how to market to my ideal client so they see enough value in my services and want to move forward with me. We also have to change the thought into an I am statement. I am attracting people who want to pay what I'm worth for my services. And when we start stating it that way and we start turning those thoughts around, those are thoughts that can serve us. A lot of times though, that little negative Nancy likes to come on out to play and she will say things like, and nobody wants to pay you what you're worth. And you have to say to that little voice when it comes on up, I'm choosing not to listen to you today. And restate the positive statement. Those positive affirmations are going to serve you inside of your business and help you take you further. Every single one of those negative thoughts is going to hold you back from getting the success that you were meant to have. That is so interesting. It's so, so interesting. Because like you said, it is all the time. Yeah. All the times. Those, um, those self-believing and self-sabotaging uh, mindset is rolling around in the business area. Maybe yeah. that is also why a lot of businesses start and only very few are succeeding. All right, now, uh, how can people connect with you? You spent all this time uh, helping people to understand uh, what you do and how they can also do it for themselves. Maybe some of them want to do business with you. Uh, I don't know, you have training program out there. I don't know, you have a book there that you are selling. Uh, yes, use a few seconds to promote yourself. Go ahead. Sure. So you can find me at onlinetutorcoach.com. And if you add a backslash 50, you will find out 50 plus ways to be able to get online tutoring students. And I also have a book. So if you go to onlinetutorcoach.com backslash uh, book, you will be able to find my book, How to Start an Online Tutoring Business, where I show you from start to finish how you can uh, start making four to five figures a month, uh, being able to bring in those clients that you love working with. All right. Thank you. That is, that is super. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure you subscribe so you never miss any of our future episodes. Rate and review Overhead Podcast and share with your friends who might need it. I remain over here at one Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you in the next episode.